Teaching Counselees to Study Scripture on this edition of Truth and Love. Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions to the problems that people face. I'm excited to have with me today Lucas Pace. He's the associate pastor of Compass Bible Church in Aliso Viejo, California. He's director of Compass Counseling Center, which is an ACBC certified training center. He's a professor of biblical counseling at Compass Bible Institute. Master's in New Testament from Talbot Seminary. He has a doctorate in educational ministry from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, and he's married to his wife, Heather, and the father of six children. Brother, I'm so grateful to have you here on the podcast. Grateful for your work there at Compass Bible in Orange County. So thanks for joining us today on the podcast. It's great to be here. Now, I'm excited about this as we think about teaching counselees to study scripture. What an important thing it is. I remember hearing in my missions classes, you don't want to just catch fish for people and feed it to them. You want to teach them how to fish. That's that concept adapted really in the counseling room. So I want you to to start off by just explaining some particular reasons that scripture gives that should motivate us to study God's word. Yeah, it's a, a great question, a great analogy to, you know, don't just give them the fish, but teach them how to fish. I think the problem is when a lot of counselees are coming in, they don't even have a desire to fish. I mean, I've been counseling since 2005, and just from my observation, the vast majority of counselees who come in do not study God's Word. You ask them, how often have you been reading the Bible this last week? They might say once or twice, and then you ask them what they read, and they have no idea what they read. And so I think part of the motivation is to... Show them in scripture what scripture has to offer them. And I I love reading through the Psalms. There's so much love for God's word that is expressed there. Uh, Psalm 119, obviously, just talking about the word of God. And the psalmist says, How can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? And so I think counselees come in and they want a life that is pure. They want a life that is hopefully ridden of sin, but how can they do that? Well, they got to know God's word and to help them make that connection between living a righteous life uh, is needed to be grounded in knowing God through his word that he has given us. And so to, to have that uh, motivation from, from the word of God, I mean, another scripture that we all know from biblical counseling, second Timothy three, that all scripture is breathed out by God and it's useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness so that the man may be competent or complete to do every good work. I, I want the counselee to say, do you, do you want to do good work that God has, as this is in Ephesians, uh, prepared in advance for us to do? Do you want to do that work? Well, that's connect to scripture, to, to know scripture, to understand scripture, to be in scripture, to study scripture. And if I don't have as a counselor, a passion for God's word, and if it's not seen displayed uh, as the psalmist has that passion for God's word, how is my counselee uh, going to be motivated to get into God's word? Uh, because when they leave the counseling session, it's not what I said, it's what the word of God said. And they can have that every single day. 
access to it, if they were motivated to open up the God's word, to spend time, to engage, to pray through it, to understand it, uh, to live by it, it's going to be worth their time and it's going to be worth their while to prioritize spending time in the word of God. You know, so true. And and one of the things that you mentioned just at the very end is God is the one who's their wonderful counselor. And when you give the word, that's what you're giving them is a consistent counselor in their life that far supersedes what we could accomplish, especially in a one hour session or however long we might go. That's critical. Another thing that you said that I think was really important earlier is you mentioned connection. I think a lot of people, especially as biblical literacy really goes away in our country. One of the things that's really important is helping people to see the connection of their life and how it's revealed in Scripture. Some people have no idea that the Scripture is even relevant to their life, that, that it's even saying anything about their experiences. And so people are not even looking in that direction. And so helping them as a counselor to see how relevant the scriptures are to to their life. So so how do we go about, Lucas, I mean, in your experience, how do you help a counselee dig into scripture, maybe when they don't want to or when they don't see it as something that's important or necessary? Yeah, I think scripture has a lot to say about that as well. You know, First Peter, it says, uh, like newborn infants to desire to yearn for the spiritual milk, uh, which is the, the word of God. So you can grow up into your salvation. And this is if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. And so there's a command in scripture right there to, des- to desire it. When you don't desire it, desire it. I, I tell my, my counselees all the time, do the thing that you don't want to do because you want to do it. Right? If you really are in Christ, you really have the Holy Spirit indwelling in you. You do want to know God. You do want to spend time in his word. And so do it even though you might not feel like you do it. And we do that all throughout our life, right? We, I don't want to get up, but I, I get up, right? Because I'm, I know I need to get up. So even though I don't want to do it, I, I do it. I don't want to go into work today, but I do want to go into work today because it's the right thing to do. So I, I do the things that I don't want to do because I really do want to do it as it corresponds with what God would want me to do. And so to the, the counselee, you, you have to do the things that you know are the right things to do because that's what you really want to do. Again, going back to the psalmist, he says, I will delight in your statues. It's the commitment. I, I will do this regardless of my feelings, regardless if I, I, I want to on the surface or not. I will because I do want to. That's the cry of my heart. And to help counselees to really make that connection, do you love Jesus? Is he your Lord? Is he your savior? Do you want to please him? Well, if you want to please him, you got to spend time getting in his word. So let's do what you want to do, even when you don't feel like doing it. I appreciate that. I think um, as we talk about getting people to, to want to do this, where they see, you know, this is a place where they, they, they change what they've been doing. Insanity is described as doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Well, we've got to start doing something different. And, and you've talked about the idea of, of getting them to want to be in scripture and they see the need of that. But it's an altogether different thing from a person wanting to be in scripture and then them gleaning things out of scripture. It's very important that they read the the scripture in context, that they understand what God is actually describing so they can begin to put that into practice. So, so talk a little bit about how it's important or why it's important to uh, read biblical passages in their context. The context of uh, as we, we get into scripture is so important because if we read scripture out of context, we're going to 
make God's word say whatever we want it to say when that's not what it really says. You know, I was just discipling a young man at our church uh, who has a, a friend who is a Christian. He goes to a different church and he said that at his church, they tell them to open up the Bible and whatever page it goes to, point your finger down at a verse and that's your verse for the day. That is so dangerous because you are not understanding scripture in the context. Who wrote that epistle or who wrote that uh, gospel? Who was it written to? And what do we need to actually be able to take from that? And so I think the, the context, uh, you know, uh, Jesus says in John 14, uh, ask whatever you want in, in my name and I'll be give, given to you. Right? Ask the Father whatever you want in my name and it'll be given to you. There are people coming in for counseling that are saying, hey, I've asked God for a million dollars or I asked God for something uh, more sincere for my mom to be healed from cancer or I asked God uh, for this person to get saved and it hasn't happened. I can't trust your God. I can't trust the Bible. I don't even want to read it anymore because they took one verse out of context and they made it to say something that that verse does not say. And to be able to understand it in context, I mean, to figure out what does it really mean to ask in Jesus' name, whatever corresponds with Jesus' name, whatever would be pleasing to Jesus, asking uh, that his will be done, not our will be done. So there's more to be understood in the context and ripping one verse out and saying, well, that's what it means to me. And so that's what I should expect from God. No, what did God mean in his word? And then that's what we should expect from God. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he's the one who defines reality, uh, certainly not us in how we think about it, taking his words and putting it into our world. It's it's really discerning our own hearts according to his world and what he says in his word. Now, in order to accomplish that, somehow we've got to, you know, for most of our counselees who maybe they're not super connected to church or they're maybe a little bit more immature, or maybe they've just never been taught how to study the Bible. Uh, talk about some helpful methods that you can use to help counselees study God's word. Yeah, a helpful method that we do in our church at Compass is through a discipleship program and the Bible study method uh, our, our senior pastor came up with. It's just an acronym. It's uh, T-A-N, TAN. And so we pe- tell people in our church in Southern California, get your tan on. <laughs> we're not really talking about the, the, the body uh, physical color there, but we're talking about getting into God's word, get your tan on. And what it stands for is the T is the then. We're trying to understand what scripture said then, again, who the author was, who they're writing to, what's the context, what's the background, what's the situation. Uh, So that's the T for the then. And the A is the always. There is principles in scripture, those eternal truths that translate from from one generation to the next generation that are timeless truths. And so we want to understand what principles are being communicated to us. And then the most important part, uh, which we fail to get to a lot of times when we, we, we read our Bible, we're re- faithful to read our Bible and we understand things and we grow in our knowledge, but what do we need to do with it? How do those principles apply to us today? And so that's the end for the now. What am I going to do now because of what God's word has said? And so when I, I study it in the context, I, I read through it, I understand who wrote the book of the Bible, who it was written to, I get that principle from it. And now how am I going to apply it in my life today? How am I actually going to be a doer of God's word and not just a, a mere hearer of God's word? That's such an important and critical piece because sometimes when we think about studying the Bible, we just think about getting knowledge. 
but the Bible makes very clear it warns against just the simple hearing of the word. And we've got a in this Bible study that the whole point is that we understand it so that we can now do something. That's a demonstration of faith, both in Matthew seven and in James chapter one. So Lucas, in speaking of the the doing of the word, I want you to just one final thing, and we don't have a whole lot of time here, but I, I want you to take us into the counseling room where you've u- utilized this opportunity to, to teach a counselee where you've seen the word itself do a work on their heart, uh, where they've learned to study the word, they're feeding themselves back to our original analogy, where they're, they're catching the fish, if you will, and you're seeing them grow tremendously from this type of work in the counseling room. Yeah, I, I think of the book of James and, you know, just in that first chapter talking about trials and the purpose of trials and the way that God uses trials, but to help the counselee understand that they are not unique in their situation. Just as, as he starts off the epistle, James, the servant of Christ or servant of God in our Lord Jesus Christ, his co- connection there is not the half brother of Jesus. It's I'm a servant of God. And he's writing to these 12 tribes that are scattered all throughout the region. And what's going on? They're being persecuted. They're losing their jobs. Uh, they are outcasted. They're in a horrible situation. And our counselees are coming in difficult, trying situations that we can weep with them and care about them. And for them to understand, Christians have gone through this beforehand. And what does God say to them? To count it all joy, my brothers, when you face, when you meet trials of various kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith is going to produce perseverance. Right? You're going to be mature. You're going to be complete. God, God has a purpose in this. And so giving a counsel, you say, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to tan through the book of James and we're going to start, you know, we're just going to go through the first three verses. I want you to read. I want you to read one thing I'll say, read the whole book, you know, three or four times. But then I just want you to focus in on the first three verses, understand the context of what's going on. And then I want you to write that always statement, that eternal truth. Now, how does that apply the way that you are going through your trial right now, your difficulty right now? What does God want you to do about it? And after a counselee spends a week meditating on this, studying God's word, finding joy in it, there's hope. Because their hope is not in themselves. Their hope is not in the trial. Their hope is not in escaping the trial. Their hope is in God and what is God doing in them through the trial for his glory. And so, you know, as the counselor, there's great joy once, you know, you see the lights of their eyes go on and like, oh, actually scripture does have something for me. It is valuable for my life right now. And so, yeah, that's just one example of you know, a counselee, just giving them hope through the word of God as they read it in context, they understand it, they're studying it, and then they get to apply it to their life right now. You know, this is one of the distinctives, Lucas, of biblical counseling itself is uh, we believe that the spirit works through his word. It is the sword of the spirit. And that's why this topic is, is really critical. And it has to be a key part of our methodology that we're, we're, we're teaching people, we're training people, we're comforting people, but we're doing it with the word. And then we're teaching them how to study as well. Uh, this has been a helpful topic and uh, one that, you know, it's easy for us have been doing this a long time to, to maybe even forget that how important this is. Uh, we need to revisit. This is one of the principles. This is one of the keys. This is one of the distinctives is make sure that we're helping our counselees uh, know where to find the food so that they can learn to walk faithfully with the Lord through the difficulties of this life. Lucas, we're grateful for you, brother. Thank you for your work and 
Orange County at Compass Bible. And uh, thank you for being here on the podcast with us today. It's my pleasure. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. Later this week, we will be in Southwest Florida in Fort Myers, exhibiting at the Founders Conference, and that is January 18th through the 20th. So if you happen to be at the Founders Conference, we would love for you to come and say hello to ask us questions about ACBC, Biblical Counseling. Maybe you've been putting off going to one of our trainings or something like that. We would love to get to know you. We're going to be doing this throughout the year, going to different places and exhibiting, talking about ACBC, what we love, what we're seeing happen in the Biblical Counseling world, how people can get certified. And we would love to talk to you. If you happen to be Southwest Florida Founders Conference, drop by our booth and say hello. And as always, you can find out more information about ACBC and our resources and all of our training at biblicalcounseling.com.